Hello, friends. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Elmwood Baptist Church. We are an independent fundamental Baptist church in Brighton, Colorado. We are so blessed to have you join us today. As we open God's word, I pray that you will be encouraged and strengthened. Our desire is for the world to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and for Christians to grow in an intimate relationship with Jesus and to serve God with their whole life. May God bless you richly as you listen today. John chapter number 8 in the New Testament. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so we're in John chapter number 8. I want to begin in verse 29 where the word of God says, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Verse 30, as he spake these words, notice, many believed on him. Now at no time, first and foremost, I want to say this, at no time was Jesus ever alone. In other words, God the Father was always with him. Let me say to you, Christian, you're not alone either. We're not ever alone. The Lord Jesus said in in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, as soon as you got saved, you were indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, the Bible said, and you have the very presence of the Lord with you always, even to the end of the world. And he's not going to depart from us. So sometimes you might think, oh, man, does anybody care? Does, does anybody know what I'm going through and all that? Believe me, you can invoke 1 Peter 5, 7 because it's true. Casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. God knows what you and I have need of. He knows what you and I have need of before we even ask him. And so it's good to commune with the Lord. Amen? He says, uh, he says that, that the things that he was doing were exactly what God the Father wanted him to do. Now, Jesus is the perfect example of of the way it should be in the home. Again, we're not perfect, and Jesus was. We're not perfect, but you know, the order that God wanted to have in our homes was not that kids would be ripping at the throats of their parents or parents ripping at the throats of their kids. That, That isn't the picture of the Christian home. The picture of the Christian home is kids who want to please their parents and parents who love their kids and bring them up to the Lord. That's the picture. And so that was the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He always did what pleased God the Father. Now, no human being can ever say that. You know, we've failed, haven't we? Let's just face it. We've failed. I don't know about you, but I was a worse son. I was the worst son. I really was. Um, You know, if there was ever a do-over, wish I could get a do-over right there. But, you know, we we all kind of flub along sometimes in life before we get saved. But uh, truthfully, we, we need to do what pleases, I think in this crowd, we need to do what pleases the Father, and we need to do what pleases our spouse and our children, and likewise teach that within the family that kids would want to honor their parents rather than just putting up with the parents. There's something just horribly wrong. And it was horribly wrong in my life. 
And, you know, after I got saved, my dad was gone. My dad was dead three years before I got saved. But my mom, who I had no relationship with whatsoever, uh, just raised by my father, after I got saved, I called her on the phone, and in tears, I asked her to forgive me for being such a lousy son. You say, well, Pastor, why did you have to do that? Because now I was a Christian. See, prior to that, I would have never done that. You know, I was just a rock and roll drug addict. And, and I would have never done that. Every time my mother saw me, she said, get a haircut. You know, I got to the place where, you know, I'm just sick of you. And, and so I never wanted to see her. But after I got saved, it all changed. God changed my heart. By the way, he changes us from the inside out. Things go on and you go, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, I want to call my mom. I wonder if she'll take my call. And I called her, and I was in tears. Really, I was in tears when I was speaking to her, and she was in tears. And all that to say that the last few years, because my mom just passed away here about six years ago, those last years, um, we're a blessing. We're a blessing. We had a relationship. And it was and it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. But you know what? Uh, that was the relationship Jesus had with God the Father. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, you know, husbands and wives aren't supposed to be pulling at each other, tearing each other apart, tearing each other down, and all those kinds of things. We know that, don't we? But Christian, what are we doing to make sure that our homes reflect what God Here's a good question to ask ourselves, every one of us, me included. Can Jesus come over and spend the night at your house? Now think about that for a minute. Okay. And as he spoke these words, the Bible says, there were many who professed to believe in him. Now you have to know that no doubt some were, were genuine. Some made genuine decisions. But, you know, others just give lip service, just lip service to the Lord. And the, the, the words many believed on him actually contrasts with verse 31. Look at it. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So Jesus draws a, a line of distinction. He says, listen, those who are disciples and those who are disciples indeed, they're different. Those are two different groups. It, it's possible, listen to me, it is possible, it is entirely possible to believe in the message of repentance. Without repentance, there is no remission of sin. You say, what is repentance? Repentance is turning from your own uh, life, from your own ways of trying to achieve uh, salvation and eternal life. Repent means to turn from all of that, including the, the sins that beset us, turn from those and turn to Christ. That's what repentance is. And it begins up here, by the way. It begins up here in your thought life. It's, it's what you think. I've said this many times, preached it here many times. What you think is what you are. 
And what you think is what you'll eventually do. So you got to watch your, Christian, you have to watch your, your thought life big time. But there's two groups here, and Jesus has distinguished them. It is possible, as I've said, to, re, to believe the message of repentance. It's possible to believe in Jesus Christ with your head knowledge. You believe in, listen, you believe in George Washington. You believe in Abraham Lincoln. You never met him. You know, you believe in Jesus Christ. People can do that intellectually, but it doesn't have anything to do with the heart. And so these, these individuals, many that believed on him, could be in those two groups, some genuinely and some that are just kind of giving lip service to what's going on. But the continuing truth or sign of a real true believer is that is that they they abide they abide with the Lord in his word. In other words, listen, how many of you picked up already in your Christian life that the Christian life in this world's not easy? Amen. I mean it isn't easy. We have a godless world out here. I mean, godless world, anything goes. And, and I mean anything goes. And some of you are in that work-a-day world where anything is going. It's a mess. And to try to live for the Lord in that, to try to live a Christian life, of course, you and I can't do it in our own flesh. We can't do it in our own strength. That's why you need to have a prayer life. That's why that we need to start each of our days with spending just a little bit of time with the Lord. Lord, help me today. I'm going to be facing this today. Lord, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, uh, this has come up and this is happening. You know, bring your cares to the Lord. Ask God for strength to begin your day. Ask him for wisdom to get you through that day. Because, you know, it's like wading through a cesspool out here. It honestly is. And, you know, maybe I'm more acute to it because I spent years, you know, playing in all these honky-tonks. And, and, you know, I saw all this stuff. You know, it, adultery was common. I mean, it was just all this junk going on in the world, and the world doesn't see anything wrong with it. Well, the reason why. And we'll get to it eventually in our study, but John 17 is really the, the Lord's Prayer. And he prays for us. And he, he clearly says, you know, those that are true disciples indeed, they're not of this world anymore. You see, the longer I've been saved, the more I want to go to heaven. I, I just look for the Lord's return. I just want him to come. I'm really kind of sick of it. I really am. I mean, everywhere you turn, people are hating you, hating each other. You don't even have to be a Christian to be hated today. All you got to do is wear a red cap. And you wear a red baseball cap, and I promise you, you better know how to fight. And because somebody's going to come up and challenge that. And uh, Juan got me. Juan got me a, a, a President 45 USA hat. I wear that. But it's such a nice hat, I don't want to get it dirty. Um, 
but he got me a he got me a t-shirt man it really ab wore this t-shirt and i've had people go man i like that you know i mean it's better than somebody walking up and belting you and uh but it says uh it says um love god love life love guns and uh so i got people that they're on board with me loving god and they're on board with me they they value life they don't want to see babies being baby is supposed to be safe in the womb of its mother they don't want to see babies killed slaughtered then they get down to that love guns people kind of their eyes get big you know what i think more and more and more people are realizing that the reason why we have a first amendment that protects our religious liberty is because we have a second amendment that allows us to carry because some government can come along. Listen, you've heard about, there's a show on, I, I absolutely, I, I promise you when I say, um, I have not watched this show, but it's called The View. And they've got some real dandies on there. And they're all for this one presidential candidate who who really honestly wants to go uh, and wants to take everybody's weapons, the government. Yeah, I'm not making it up. And so, huh? Oh yeah, Beto, 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 whatever his name is. Who in the world, I mean, you know, that's, see this is the family, this is where the family gets poured down. Parents don't have enough sense to do something more than name their son Beto. <laughs> I mean, wow. He probably hates his parents. I don't know if he does or not. But, but anyway, he wants to take away all our guns. Um, uh, that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a heavy lift. That really is. And uh, I don't think it. I don't think it'll happen in our lifetime. But anyway, point I'm trying to make is, is, you know. You have, you have people who are genuine in what they speak, and you have others who are just playing games. Even in, the, even in the, the, what we would term religion, some were abiding. They were not saved by abiding, but they were abiding in the Word, the Bible. They were abiding in the Word, and, and, uh, but they weren't saved. Now, understand, you're not saved because you read the Bible. You're not saved because you read the Bible every day. But because they were saved, they were reading the Bible. And I, I boy, I remember, I've gone through so many Bibles, and I got them all downstairs in my study, my house. I've gone through so many Bibles, and this one's about to get retired as well. But, you know, I, when I if you're looking at a pastor, my my real true feeling is I don't read enough Bible. And I don't think I don't think I'll ever I don't think I'll ever be satisfied with that. I don't think I'll ever be able to read enough. I don't think I'll ever be able to pray enough. But what am I saying? I want to abide. I want to abide with the Lord. I really do. And there were those that wanted to as well. And look at verse 32, and he shall know the truth. 
and the truth shall make you free. So the promise to every real believer is that they'll know the truth. By the way, God's word is true. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. So you want to know how to get to heaven? Jesus said, I'm the way. You want truth in your life? Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth. You want to have a life worth living? Then give your life to him. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I think it's really sad when I look at this world, and I'm sure that you agree, that, and this is the way I was when I was lost, this is the way it was when you were lost. We All we were doing was we were trying to That's what it was. Make the next buck. Make the next buck. Um, life was just, i got to have the money to pay the next bill, the next rent, the next utility, the next car payment. You know, get those done only to launch into the whole thing in a new month. And I worked myself to death to pay the rent, pay the house payment, get groceries. That's life. That's not life. That's not life at all. And, and after you get saved, you realize how much God even provides for you. Uh, honestly, it's, it's amazing. Some of you are looking at me like, like a calf looking at a new gate, you know. <laughs> but it is true, isn't it? Isn't it? There's something about, well, listen, I, didn't, I was going to show this to you, but I, I, was, or I wasn't going to show this to you. But in our bulletin for Sunday when you come, you're going to find an insert. And it's the Thanksgiving food basket. And so this is our food drive, and we've got to do this pretty quickly because Thanksgiving's coming up. But we got on one column basics, and we got on the other column extras. And so everybody will have one of these, and we're just asking you that when you go and shop for your Thanksgiving, um, or maybe you're fortunate enough you're having Thanksgiving at somebody else's place. That means that you're not having to do the cooking or whatever the case may be. Maybe you'd like to go to the store and pick up a few of those items, bring it over to the church. We'll take care of it from there. we got enough freezer space in the next building to be able to take care of a lot of turkeys. And so help us with that, okay? We want to be a blessing to people. And... Uh, we want them to see that there is something different about us. This this world is not going to take care of us. This world isn't going to take care of us. You know, uh, Pastor Lauren down the east side, they've been down there for 27 years feeding homeless people. I think that's tremendous. And by the way, not just feeding them, but in the wintertime, they do coat drives. And they put winter coats on these people. Don't you think that's neat? And that, that, that distinguishes Christians from the world. We do it in love. The Jews, they, they didn't know the truth. All they knew was their religion. It's like a lot of what today is going. A lot of these people that are mean and cussing at each other would also claim to be a certain religion. That's the hypocrisy. That's why you hear people, you invite them to church, and say, oh, I'm not going to go to church, nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. You know what? They're right. They're right. We got to change that impression. That's why Christian, we need to live the Christian life. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Come down on one side. 
Don't straddle the fence. But the Jews didn't know this, and so they, they had their religion, and they were in bondage to their religion. Verse 33 says, They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall, that ye shall be made free? And I, I covered this last week, and we're, we're catching up to where I left off, but they were in bondage physically and spiritually. And that's still a lot of people today. For, for, for them, the Egyptians had ruled them, the Syrians ruled them, the Babylonians had ruled them, the Persians, the Greeks. Now Rome was ruling them, and Rome's religion was ruling them. They were not free physically, and they were not free spiritually. Listen and share this and use this with friends and loved ones. You are not, everybody is going to end their life on this planet. Okay? I'm not being morbid. You're going to come to an end, and so am I. And just as I said when I was witnessing yesterday to, to brother, to, not brother, but Eric Olson, I said, uh, Eric, listen. If the Bible's a bunch of baloney, I'm still going where you are. But if the Bible is true and it's God's holy word, you're not going where I am. And it's not it's not worth gambling. Because I might be dead tonight. I'm glad that my soul was saved. I I saw the truth in Christ, I accepted it. And now I'm free. You see, I'm free to die at any time. I'm not, I'm not afraid to die. And, and, and honestly, we all are, as I've mentioned. But the peace is, we know where we're going when we die. You know, death is just a moment. And, uh, but these didn't get it. These, these angry Jews, these rebels that were chasing Jesus from town to town, they never got it. They never got it, not, not even one time. And uh, they weren't physically free, as I, I mentioned. They weren't spiritually free. They claimed to be of Abraham. Now, Abraham's a patriarch. You know, he's kind of the patriarch of the Christian family. And Abraham... Uh, they claimed to be of Abraham's seed, yet they sought to kill Jesus. Now, how can you be saved on one hand, on, on one hand, and then on the other hand, you want to kill somebody? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, well, in fact, let me, ju let me just turn over there. If you want to turn over there, you can real quick, but uh, I'll read it real fast. These, <coughs> uh, 1 John chapter 5, uh, verse, or I'm sorry, chapter 3 and uh, verse 15. And this startles people because, and think about it in the day and age that we're in right now. It says in verse 15, it says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Doesn't say is like a murderer, is similar to a murderer is kind of like a murderer. No, Jesus, the Lord said, this is his word, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. 
The Lord knows, he knows our emotions. He knows our attitudes. There's, there's not a person you ought to hate. There ought to be no one in your life you hate, Christian. There ought to be absolutely no one. Well, you know, I've had people hurt me. Fine, give it over to the Lord. By the way, while you give it over to the Lord, let me remind, let me remind you of something that's really, really easy. You've hurt the Lord. You've hurt the Lord. I've hurt the Lord. When we don't, we, when we don't follow His word, we hurt Him. There ought not to be, and the Lord doesn't hate us. <laughs> Aren't you glad for that? And uh, we ought not to hate anybody. Now that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that we enjoy and like everything that every everybody does or somebody does. But we ought to pray for them. There ought to be no one that we hate. And we've all probably gone through things that have really driven us to the to, to the very edge of, of hatred. But give it over to the Lord. The Lord knows how to take care of that. In verse 34, Jesus answered them, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. So it was evident that the Lord was speaking about this bondage that he said they were in. They were committing sin. They wanted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. They were in bondage because of this. And, uh, and, and this, uh, this committeth sin is a present, it's a, it's a present active verb in the Bible. It means this is going on and continuing on in their life. They were a bunch of murderers walking around in religious robes looking so pious and praying long prayers, as Jesus said in Matthew 23. They were phonies, phonies. Nicodemus, who had been raised up through the, through the priesthood, he got saved. And, uh, and, and, but you can't point to very many in the Bible that were in this group that, that ever did get saved. I doubt if any of us, however, I'm just bringing it down to where you and I live. I doubt if any of us go through one day without sinning. Now, if you do, I don't want you to raise your hand because I'll feel bad. But, you know, I doubt that's true. I doubt that's true. In thought, we can sin in thought. I mentioned how our thought life is so you know, we think something evil. Oh, man. I'm telling you. And so the child of God has to come to God the Father regularly. And, and here how, here's how it works for me. I'm driving down the road. You know that driving on the roads around here is my nemesis. It really is. So I'm driving down the road. And, uh, and, you know, somebody just has to just dive in in front of you to get in the line of traffic to go in there and just about cause an accident. And my flesh immediately, am I, is this my own, is, is this my own confession? Does anybody have, does anybody kind of, kind of go along with me? God, preach on, pastor, <laughs> preach on. This is, this is just exactly the way it is. Anyway, you know, I'll see that and I'll go, 
the Holy Spirit of God has just smitten my heart. Because you know what they really are? They were made in the image of God. God loved them, even though they're stupid and drive funny. God loves them. And I and I'm supposed to love them too. You know. And and I have to stop. I mean, I'm in the car and I pray with my eyes open. And I'm praying and, and almost immediately I say, Oh God, please forgive me. When am I gonna get this straightened out in my own life, Lord? Please forgive me for the millionth time. I need to get this right. You know. There's, there's, there's nothing about somebody crowding in or, you know, being crazy on the road that, that should qualify for me having some kind of evil thought in my life. And uh, besides that, man, road rage is a big thing. Road rage is a big thing. And I can just see it now, headlines in the Brighton Blade. Brighton pastor arrested for road rage, you know. I don't need that. I don't need that. And, uh, and neither do you. By the way, I don't want to have to come bail you out either. So. so we have to stay on top of this. We have to stay on top of this. Of course, these rebels that, that were chasing Jesus and accusing him, they never thought about that. But Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, look at it on the screen. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And by the way, that is not you confessing your sin to uh, a pastor, a priest, a rabbi, or anybody else for that matter. That is you going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I blew it again. Please forgive me. And, and there it is. Acknowledging. Confession means agreement. That's what it means. Now, a child of the devil will never do that. Lost, a lost person, they'll never do that. They don't see the need to do that. They don't have a relationship with God. Uh, they're irreverent. They're dishonest. They want to murder Jesus Christ. They eventually did. And uh, and they're they're just they're just bad people. Verse thirty-five, the Bible says, "And the servant," Jesus said, "The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth." ever. The servant comes back and forth to work during the day. Back and forth from the house to the field. Back to the house for something. And then eventually goes home. But the son comes in. Comes into your life. He stays. He comes in. And the Lord is with you now. The Lord was telling these religious rulers that they were not really God's children. They didn't have a heavenly home. They were not saved. In verse 36, he said, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And there's no question who the Son is. It's Jesus Christ. And so in that verse, he's referring to himself. He said, I can make you free. How do you feel about the fact that when you prayed and you said, Lord, please forgive me my sins. Please come into my heart and life. Forgive my sins and, and take them away. Make them your home in heaven. Or words to that effect. It's not the prayer so much as the heart. 
How do you feel about the fact that your sins were completely wiped out? Hmm? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that when God the Father looks down at you, he doesn't see any sin? Some of us had more sins than others, didn't we? But I, I, that's something that still that I think about all the time, all the time. And uh, no question that Jesus Christ has come in and made, made us free, free spiritually. We do not have to serve sin. You know, when I got saved, I was in the drug world pretty heavily. And I've told the story about how I came out. But you know something? That was a decision, too. You can't, you can't serve the Lord and serve wickedness at the same time. You can't do it. No man can serve two masters. You just can't. And so this is, this is why we encourage people, just like you come in, I mean, Elmwood's got, what, 350 or more that come on Sunday. Maybe we got 120, maybe all told, all through the whole campus. We got to start getting serious about the Bible. Get serious about it. Get serious about prayer time. We need to get serious about that. We have got to get out of convenience Christianity because there's nothing convenient about Christianity. You know, hit and miss Christianity. You know, what if the Lord answered our prayers in, in, in exact coordination to our faithfulness? Wow, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? We'd be in trouble, all of us, all of us. So we need to endeavor to, to be more, really. Um, we, need to, we need to make sure that, that our light is shining in this dark world. Verse 36, the Lord says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Yes, indeed. And so why not take that freedom that we have, and instead of being a servant of, of the sins that held us in bondage, for me it was a drug addiction and, and several other things, but, but that bondage, that wasn't fun. Many Christians just live a failed, nominal, Christian life that doesn't amount to anything. That's basically it. And that's most. That's most. In the average church, 80% of, of the average congregation watches 20% of the congregation do everything. And it should never be that. I don't know what it is at Elmwood. I'm just throwing out statistics that are real. God intends us to live differently. Live differently. John 8.37 I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. You see, a, a person who gets saved, who genuinely saved, 
I've told you about chick tracks, and um, and I think um, Jim, where are you? I saw you. Where are you? Hiding back there. Over there. You still you still using chick tracks? We're gonna we're gonna get some here at Elmwood Baptist Church, but chick tracks really was my church <laughs> in a lot of ways until I finally got to church, and then things changed. So we need to we need to have an understanding that if we're gonna if we're gonna live for the Lord, it means that our life is gonna be a little bit of different. Uh, the 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 son or the daughter ought to be like the parent, the father, our heavenly father. There ought to, ought to be some similarity there. Uh, you've heard me say before that Christians ought to, ought to be able to be distinguished in our day. And not because they're weirdos. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't think you're going to twitch and, you know, do stuff, but, uh, you know, because there are people out there, honestly, there's preachers out there that I got a vi I, I looked at a video of church planting in Philadelphia, or I'm sorry, Boston. And these churches were planting, trying to plant new churches in the Boston area. And there was one preacher in the video. Now, I admire his zeal, I do. But there's a reason why after 30 years his church was I quickly picked up on it. He's out, he's out in the street preaching, and he's screaming, screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm watching this video, and I'm going, "Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm a born again child of God. I've been saved for a long time, and I wouldn't stand there and listen to that. And yet somehow." Somehow that poor guy thought that that's the way you get it done, kid. I've street preached before. I've, you know, I'm a bunch of Bible college guys and myself. We, we, uh, we preached on the street. We didn't do it that way. And we saw people come to Christ. Some people got saved. We're happy about that. But you know, there ought to be a difference in, and I think that guy, that particular preacher, I'm not trying to run down preachers, but that particular preacher was, he was hurting himself more than he was helping himself. So these were seeking to kill Jesus. What would you think they were if it was today? If, 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 if Jesus were here today, and there was a group that was trying to kill them, would you think that they were Christians? Absolutely not. Satan is the originator of murder and lying. In verse 38, Jesus said, I speak that which I've seen with my father, and ye do that which you've seen with your father. And we'll get to it here in, in another study, but uh, verse I'll tell you, John chapter John chapter 8, if you look ahead just a little bit, and we'll get to the verse, but look at verse 44 in your Bible. Jesus is talking to the most religious people of his day. I mean, these are the most religious people of his day. 
And he's saying to them, ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Powerful. Powerful, especially when you when you figure out who he's talking to. So the so the thought of this message tonight is simply this. Christian, are you all in? Are you all in for Jesus or or are you going to straddle the fence or, or how is it going to be? I remember uh, Joe Boyd, an evangelist, famous evangelist, was eating in our house in, in uh, Tacoma, Washington. And he said, I understand, Brother Randall, you're going to go into evangelism. And at that time, I thought I was. And uh, I said, yes, I've, I've been praying that about that for years. And he said, he just looked at me very sternly. And he was well up in years when, when we were doing this. He looked at me and he said, brother, it's time to cut bait or fish. And I knew exactly what he meant. And I resigned my position in the church. But it's time to cut bait or fish. In case you're, in case you're oblivious to it, our whole world around us is about to explode. Christian, it's time to cut bait or fish. It's time to get real serious about being a Christian. Does anybody know you're a Christian? Have you let your friends and family know? Hey, I got saved and I'm not ashamed about it. Then you should. Just share it with them, man. I'm so happy you're saved. I'm so happy that I came to the Lord. I'm so happy to have him as my Savior. Because people need to see somebody different. Different. Where you work. Where you go to school. What you're doing. They Listen, if Christians just blend in with the world over here, then nobody sees Christianity. You are the only Bible somebody can read. Father in heaven, I pray tonight that you would just uh, just instill this in us. And I pray tonight in this invitation that Father, you would you would speak to all of our hearts about the need to stand out for Jesus. We need to we need to be light in a dark We've got, we've got, we've got mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and and uh, and and children and and spouses that aren't saved. How are they going to get saved? The world isn't going to save them. God help us. Help us to be different. One day, one day in heaven. We're going to realize that it was all worth it to live for you. But we're not.
out there and Thank you for listening to our sermons from Elmwood Baptist Church. If you like our ministry and want to know more, check out our website at www.elmwoodbaptist.org or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next time as we continue to study God's Word and grow in His grace. God bless you, my friends.